0: Are you new to the Scrum Master space? Or maybe just looking for a way to stand out in an increasingly competitive job market? Well, what are some things that you can do to stand out as a Scrum Master? That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you, as always, for following, for tuning in, for being a true believer. So great to see you here. Well, this week, I got one of my favorite things, which is a coaching question. Someone really needs some specific help and has taken a little time to give me their backstory. These are my favorite kinds of emails because this represents a chance for me to add a ton of value for you guys. Now, before we dig in, let's take a moment to remember why we're here, to create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we focus on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a unique and powerful force in this industry. Guys, if this helps you, tell your friends and don't forget, if you have coaching questions, ship them off to me at contact at badassagile.com. So I have this great email from a guy, we're gonna call him Dave. And just when you listen to it, you get the sense that he's struggling in light of a career change to find a way in Agile. But what's obvious from the email is that he's really excited about a career. But here's what I notice happening in the industry. And again, this is not unique to Agile and Scrum. This is something that goes way back to my early days as a trainer, that the minute something becomes popular, and pays well, a large number of people will flock to the profession to try to get in the door and there's nothing wrong with that. But of course, what happens with numbers always is that quality is mixed. And the big problem with that is that hiring decisions are still often made based on years of experience or worse on the certifications that you bring to the table. And that creates a whole host of problems and it's not uncommon to see emails like this one. Before I read it, there's one thing I want you to remember. People will pay you for the value that you bring no matter what. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. It doesn't matter what certifications you have. If you can find a way to offer value, you can get people to take an interest in you. You can get people to hire you. So the secret then is figuring out what that value is and how to prove that you offer it. All right, let's dig in. Hey, Chris, I just found your podcast and I'm interested in your advice. Well, that's great. That's what I'm here for. A friend introduced me to Agile. What a great friend. He's an Agile coach slash consultant slash trainer. And he thought I'd be good at it and recruited me for his company, but his boss doesn't think I'm ready. I believe I am. All right, well, let's start there. One of the things that you have to remember is that if somebody else doesn't think you're ready, that's on them. That's entirely their construction. The wrong thing to do is let it affect your sense of who you are And what you intend to do. You need to stay focused on your service. So, what I really like about that first paragraph is that you say, I believe I am. That self belief and that willingness to put yourself out there is everything. But of course, anytime we say that, I believe I'm ready, we're keenly aware of our shortcomings. We're keenly aware of maybe lack of experience, lack of years in the game, lack of knowledge. And we begin to struggle with and and sometimes even panic over our inability to prove that we're worthy. When this happens to you, what do I always say? You gotta focus on your service. How do you serve, Dave? Avoid the tendency to judge your own lack of experience based on your number of years in the agile game. Remember, you've been on this earth for a long time, you've accumulated life experiences, you've accumulated knowledge and wisdom. And everything you've accumulated is 100% applicable to Agile. Because remember, something else that I say is there's nothing about Agile that a bunch of really smart, hardworking, dedicated people working together on a common goal and purpose wouldn't do anyway. Agile is that Apollo 13 moment where they're all locked in a room trying to figure out how to get a square air filter into a round air filter hole. And all you see in that moment is a bunch of arms nameless, faceless arms shuffling through a pile of spacesuit parts and Ziploc bags. That is the spirit of agility. That is, in fact, the spirit of human endeavor in general. Well, let's read on. My background in IT is primarily tech support, call center manager, field tech, formerly A-plus certified, and training MS office to corporate employees, high schools, and a tech school. Okay. I mean, that's something, that's the exact same background that I had. So there is nothing wrong with the experience that you bring to the table. Now check this out. However, what I did most of my life, I'm now in my 50s, is pastor. I know how to organize community, network relationships, foster personal growth and development, and counsel toward mental and emotional health. Well, of course you do. Pay close attention to your reason, Dave. Because as I say frequently, your reason for doing everything matters more than anything. So why were you a pastor all those years? You probably have a strong sense of duty, a strong sense of purpose, and a strong sense of service to your fellow man. That's important. That's your most important quality as a scrum master or coach. In fact, I'd go one further to say that I've met a ton of scrum masters who don't know how to organize, who don't know how to organize community, who don't know how to network, who don't know how to build personal relationships, who don't know how to inspire personal growth and development and certainly don't know how to counsel toward mental and emotional health. A great many of them do, but my point is, the ones that do are the ones that stand out. Do you feel me? When I look on Instagram and I'm taken by somebody's post, it's because they're sitting there talking about the emotional and personal connections that come out of a session. The magic of being a scrum master has nothing to do with teaching people how to run a stand-up. It's got everything to do with what happens when people become fulfilled, when they become enabled, when they find a way to pull the simple out of the complex, to find solutions, to become successful through experimentation, those are the real lessons. And it sounds like you know how to teach them. And look at this, his next sentence is, open quote, servant leadership, close quote, is Jesus 101. Well, look, I'm not really a religious person, but I ain't new to the gym. Of course, church is supposed to be about service. It is supposed to be about focusing on your fellow man. Listen, people are inherently simple. We all want to love and be loved. We all want to survive. We all want to matter. We all want to belong. We all want to achieve and grow. And of course, we all want to prosper. And it is the balance between those elements, between those elements and their polar opposites, that creates the struggle that we call life. And you inherently have a back pocket full of those lessons learned and that understanding. And because you have that understanding, you're going to be able to guide people through their work and prosperity challenges, through their success and growth challenges. And that, my friend, is the key to your value. Stay tuned. There's more on that in a second. And it says, I was also a professional musician for a while. (laughs) And I know what it is to build and experience vulnerability and chemistry in teams. Okay. Well, I'm hoping you were a metal musician, but you know, probably not. It sounds like you might be talking about the empathy and the, the the synchronicity that happens between performers in, like, say, a jazz quartet or in any kind of band or even an orchestra, where people are looking to each other for cues, and they also have to remain really sensitive to what's happening in the moment so that they can play off of that. And that ability to be open to what's happening in the moment so that you can flex and flow with it is the vulnerability and chemistry that you're talking about. So even though nowhere in a scrum master job are we going to put you in an orchestra, we are going to put you in situations where you need to be hypersensitive to what the person to the left of you and the person of the right T was doing. So do you see what I'm doing here, Dave? I'm building a story around your experience that links up the things that you've done and the things that you have practiced in an obvious way so that we can map it to value to the business or to a customer in such a way that you actually come out sounding like the best possible choice for the role. And guys, if you want to stand out as a scrum master or a practitioner, that is your job. Okay. Next paragraph says, but here I find myself having lost my faith at a loss for a career until my friend introduced me to Agile. It's something I'm excited about. I know I can train lean Agile principles and values. I've unknowingly applied them in my life for years. Do you see that? There is nothing about Agile that a bunch of smart, focused, hardworking people wouldn't do anyway. Think Apollo 13. But I've never been a developer nor worked in a scrum environment. Well, good. I think that's awesome. You know why? Because I think what's coming next for Scrum is going to have precious little to do with development. I mean, let's be honest, we're now at the point where built into every smartphone is an app that connects other unrelated apps and orchestrates their actions into workflows. So how far away are we really from a time when development is less a job about creativity and coding and more about assembling together all of the things that previously existed and have built and have been tested before? I mean, that's a real possibility for the future. So to my mind, being good at development is not a prerequisite for Scrum and Agile. I spend most of my time now dealing out Agile knowledge where it matters, and that is any and all parts of a business. It goes on to say that I earned a Scrum Master cert last year through SAFE and began looking for Scrum jobs. It's tough with no prior experience other than pastoring and managing a call center if those could count. Well, that's my point. They count a lot. Your value, Dave, is bringing something to the table that 95% of other scrum masters may not be able to do. A pastor has to be empathetic, a pastor has to be observant, a pastor has to notice and be able to pull from the canon the right story, the right parable at the right time to deliver the right knowledge and empathy to the people who need it most in that moment. You also have to be trustworthy. You have to be a servant leader, someone who leads from behind, but at the same time, you have to be a pull forward leader because, in times of confusion and mayhem and uncertainty, of which there is an awful lot in Agile and Scrum, you have to be the person who shines like a beacon to signal to others that, you know what, it's okay. I either know what to do, or if I don't, I know what experiment we should try next, and I am willing to stand between you and failure between you and danger. Then he goes on to say, I'm taking the SBC course. I'm not even sure I know what that is. In January at the SAFE headquarters to get certified in that. And my goal is to become a trainer of such courses through companies like, and then he goes to list a bunch of names of companies he might want to work for. And then he says, what do you think of that path? I think that's great. If you were born to teach and to heal, and it's incumbent on each of us to know why we exist. So Dave, why were you a pastor? What was it about that job that gave you a sense of fulfillment, purpose, and meaning over all those years that you did it? Because if you look carefully, those qualities are exactly the kind of qualities that some companies need. Now, here's something to think about. Remember this as well. Not everyone will dig the message that you're putting out there. So if you focus on your pastoral abilities as a leader, as a shepherd, As a healer, as a listener, as a steward, some people aren't going to get it. Some people are going to look at your resume and say, I want someone who can show me numbers, who can show me the measurements with regard to profit or efficiency. Other people are going to say, Show me the certifications. Those people don't get you, and that is okay. There is no such thing as a person who is perfect for every job. It just doesn't happen. You are perfect for a certain job in a certain company. At a certain time. And what you need to be doing is putting the word out there to as many people as possible to increase your chances that you will connect with that right job and that right person at the right time. So more about that in a moment. Now be mindful of one thing. If you want to teach scrum mastering or say for scaling or whatever you want to teach to the people, they're going to appreciate that you have some experience and tales from the field to tell. But remember You don't need to practice scrum in a development shop. You may be able to, as you already said, merge what you did in the past as a pastor, as a call center leader, to agile principles and values and behaviors. Put another way, if you think about it, all of us have been living scrum and agile every day. As long as we are service oriented, as long as we are visionary, as long as we are focused, as long as we can prioritize, as long as you have stories to tell. About how to inspect and adapt, how to embrace failure and embrace learning, then you are agile. Okay, then he says, I was moved by your latest episode about being vulnerable, badass, and not wallowing in self pity. Absolutely, man, you gotta go. You gotta lean on your team and you gotta know how to ask for help. Now he says, I'm not on any team right now professionally, but I'm surrounded by a tremendous circle of friends who are fantastic people. Well, good. Lean on those folks. I'm going to piece it together for you in a moment, but you're going to need feedback and you're going to need empathy and sympathy and support in your darkest hours. But it means a lot that you reached out to me just because I said in my show, hey, if you don't have a team, reach out to me and I'll help you get one. And this is what advice might you have for this 50 plus year old man trying to reinvent himself in the fourth quarter of his life? Feeling strongly that agile is something he can believe in and promote especially in the vein of Stephen Denning's Age of Agility book. Well, I haven't read Age of Agility, but I think I know a little bit about what it's about. And finally, he says, thanks for anything you can offer. Okay, so in the past 10 or so minutes, we've spoken about the importance of being able to assert your value, your life experiences, your your purpose, your passion, your vision matters more than anything. So make sure you're articulating that and make sure you can tell stories about how you've used that and followed that to serve, serve your community, Serve your previous companies, serve individual people. And then I said the second step is you've got to get the word out there. So you got to market. You got to go on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter or to the town square or wherever you can find a place to speak your mind and spread your voice. And you got to do it. For me, that means writing my opinion and recording it once a week and putting it out as a podcast. It also means writing the occasional blog or a small inspirational message or a short video. I mean, Dave, we live in such an incredible age where all of the marketing and distribution tools that used to be in the hands of the few are now in the hands of the many. So use one of those platforms to go and spread your message. Now, here's an area where you can ask for help. If you don't know how to do that and how to do it well, I'm willing to bet someone in your network does. So reach out to them and say, hey, I'm willing to trade free coaching for a little bit of counsel or professional advice. On how to market myself on LinkedIn or market myself on Instagram, you'll be able to find help somewhere in your network for sure. I mean, hey, if you got kids, they'd probably be the best people to teach you how to use stuff like Snapchat or TikTok. But until you put the word out there that you need a hand, no one's going to know that they're supposed to help you. Now while you're doing all those things, you figured out your vision and now you're starting to promote and communicate your vision to a wider audience and you're leaning on your network to help you get it done, the last mile that you have to figure out is how can I convert this into something that is valuable to my customers and their clients? So here's where you got to do your research. You got to start thinking, what is it that you believe that every training center needs in a scrum trainer that they can't get today? Because people who know scrum or know safe or know agile are a dime a dozen and growing by the minute. So figure out what you do that's different. If I'm you, Dave, here's what would get me fired up, all right? As a pastor, you get community. You know the people who are 10 feet away, 10 miles away, and in your community, you know people who are trying to grow their businesses. They might have a team, but that team of employees is, you know, 10 people instead of 1,000 people, or maybe it's 50 people instead of 50,000, and they're struggling for a way to grow and survive. And you know deep down that the secret to their survival and the secret to their growth, they can't read about in any book. Is their ability to make one-to-one connections with the people who keep the lights on and the doors open in that business every day? It's not about technique. It's not about how you organize your value streams really. It is about making one-to-one connections with those people so that they can perform at their best, so that they can align, join together by a common sense of purpose and a common sense of pride and a common sense of strength and figure out using Scrum and the best ideas from a scaling framework, how to deliver faster on the most important high-value items for their customers. That is your gift, is bringing people together to figure out the problems by giving them the basic tools. See, because Dave, you and I both know that there's no value in just having knowledge. It's what you do with that knowledge that matters. So your distinction, sir, Is your ability to connect people, light them on fire, take those simple tools and adapt them. Take that as like a sourdough starter and keep growing it and fermenting it in your mind until it becomes something that is truly you, Dave. Something that only you could do. Even I couldn't do it because it's not me. It's not mine. It's you. It's Dave. Once you've done that, you have figured out what your unique, distinct, value in the marketplace is, and now you have a story to tell with every prospective employer that you meet. Now, once you've done that, it is not over, my friend. Here's where you lean on your team once again. Get them to keep you accountable for doing one new thing this week that makes you stand out. For example, if you're having a hard time getting an interview at a company, create a five-minute video about your value and how it could help that company specifically. Take a guess, place a bet on what they struggle with, on what they could use help with today. Go read their statement to the shareholders from the last quarterly review. What are they telling the public that they're struggling with? The information is all there right in front of you. If you want to stand out above the 95%, all you have to do is take that information, create a plan, and act on it. Are you starting to get my drift, Dave? Do you get the sense that it's not how much you know or how many years you have under your belt, but it's how you show up. If you show up with service, if you show up with passion, if you show up with a work ethic that says, I am here to serve you, then you may not get hired by everyone, Dave, but somebody out there is going to take notice and will pay you to do what you love. And hey, if you go into an interview and they end up saying no, no, Just say, hey, I appreciate your decision. I respect your decision. I'm thankful for your time. If I can ask you just one further question, do you have any feedback for me, advice for me that will help me in my next interview? Or if I happen to come back here in six months or a year, if I see another job opening? David, sounds like you're already that guy, but it's so important to be that guy. And it's so important to give them a taste. You know, if you want to be a trainer and you don't think anyone will believe that you're good enough or that you're ready, Make a video of you training. Make a video of you training an imaginary crowd. Show them what they're going to get, Dave. Get lit up, get on fire, get connected with your purpose and do what you do and let them see it. If you don't feel comfortable making a video, offer a free 15 minute lunch and learner seminar. So, once again, lean on your team. Lean on me. I'm going to try and give you a quick call just to follow up on some of these things and make sure that I've created some value for you, created some great ideas to help you get started. But listen, I brought this back to my team too. I said, hey, here's a guy who's just looking for a little direction, looking for a little advice. And you know me, I like to pick up on the little things. So when I hear you say stuff like lost my faith, at a loss for a career, when I hear you say that you're trying to reinvent yourself in the fourth quarter of your life, I do hear you say that you're passionate and excited about Agile, and that's great, and I'm really excited for you. But I also hear the words that you use and choose to talk about yourself. And one of the things that my crew and I talked about is make sure you're taking care of your body and your mind as well. So while you're going through this journey, make sure you're fueled right. Make sure you're moving that body. Make sure you're growing and stretching. Make sure you're challenging your mind and your spirit too. Read some great books. Surround yourself with constant sources of inspiration and ask your friends for some recommendations for more. But most importantly, Dave, challenge your spirit today. Get out there. Make a commitment to do one or more of these things. And remember, you're not trying to reach the top of the mountain tomorrow. You're simply trying to make yourself 10%, 5%, even 1% better than you were yesterday. Move yourself that much closer to the goal by this time tomorrow. Now, if you do that again and again and again, over days and weeks and months, you won't recognize the person that you've become. But what you will recognize, Dave, is your infinite potential for growth, for excellence, and for meaning in this next phase of your life. My friends, I hope this helped. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Dave, for writing in that question. And thank you to my crew who helped me by looking at this letter and giving me their feedback and input before I went to tape. Guys, I love you because you're crazy. Thank you for being true believers. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can reach me at badassagile.com. You can email me your questions at contact at badassagile.com. Find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay badass.